Hello, welcome back, guys. Um, I'm Thomas, back here in the fire with Peter and Justin, and somebody new this morning, actually. What? Um, yeah, the the RD of my of my dorm is his name is Stephen Cartwright, um, and he is joining us for a fun little podcast today, which is which is very nice of him to come out here and do. Um, so, hello, Steve. Do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Sure. Thanks so much for having me. Um, it's, uh, I think, back in the summer, Thomas told me about the podcast. Maybe it was even last year. And listened to a couple episodes, and every now and then we would just, like, talk about it and talk about podcast notes. Um, I do a podcast, too. And I think at some point we're like, um, let's collaborate. Let's jump on. So, I'm 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 looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I appreciate you guys letting me come on. Nice. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. I think this yeah. is our first guest on the podcast, if I'm correct. It is. Yes. And you know what they yeah. say about the fire: when there's three in there, it's hot. But when you add another, <laughs> it heats up even more. <laughs> I don't want to take the. I, I don't want to take say. the role of the fourth. That's a lot of responsibility. But <laughs> uh, that's good. I yeah, also those are those are our expectations a... of you there. <laughs> really high. I also function as Thomas's boss. So there's, yes. there's that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm good with it. Just I I would I would love it if you didn't spew any heresy. That'd be that. <laughs> that would be ideal. We don't we don't usually try to go for heresy. No, that's not our goal. Going in. <laughs> Sometimes it happens, and we gotta correct it. All right. Well. I have, I have a little question for you guys. How quickly can a wildfire start? In a flash. Oh, no. <laughs> Lightning fast. <laughs> All right. Fire, everybody. <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> All right, yeah. So today <laughs> is well, we're gonna be we're gonna kind of going for a thing that we've talked about the last kind of kind of few weeks, really. The last like five or so episodes, this kind of goes back. Um, but it is the theme of being a sojourner in a foreign land. Hmm. Um. And yeah, so we're just gonna kind of dive a little bit deeper into that. Um, we're gonna yeah, and and more specifically, the the like posture of being a sojourner in a foreign land, um, being like that, being one of perseverance, um, and we're gonna we're gonna look at Jude. For, for most of this, this call to perseverance and, and action. And then we're going to look at a good example of someone persevering, which would be Jeremiah. And, mm. and then, yeah, so let's, uh, let's just jump into it. Um, who would like to read? This is, we don't have a lot of reading today, so we could probably have one person do it all. Um, would anybody like to volunteer? I can read. All I'm right. just going to volunteer Peter, so uh, good job. <laughs> I'll beat you to it. <laughs> well, I was waiting for him to announce what I was oh, doing. I thought you knew. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I can... Jude 1, 17 through 23. All right. I thought it would be nice for the audience to know. <laughs> I also right. thought that you would announce it. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there would, be, there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own godly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the spirit. 
But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, Peter. Um, and so kind of to preface um, going into like this this little excerpt here, um, and kind of have to keep keep the idea of pre- like pers- perseverance on on our minds. Um, I kind of have, have a little definition of perseverance here. Um, it is a continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. Um, and then kind of a synonym would be steadfastness, um, I like which, that is, word. which is a really good word, especially as far as like um, the Christian faith goes and being steadfast in our faith and being perseverant persevering in our faith. Um, so just a little bit of greater context for the book, book slash letter of Jude itself. Um, it was written to warn against the arrival of false teachers and like specifically like Gnostics and Gnostic, the rise of Gnosticism, um, which was attacking the church at the time. Basically what Gnosticism is, it was kind of a heretical movement that taught the world that the world was created by a lesser divine being I don't know how to pronounce it, like the Demiurge, Demi, Demiurge, <laughs> and Christ was the emissary of the supreme being sent to save humanity, and the way that, like, humanity was saved was through the obtaining, obtainage, obtainage, <laughs> through obtaining, the obtaining <laughs> of knowledge, <laughs> um, and yeah, so that's just a false gospel. Um, yeah. So uh, what do you guys, what did you guys kind of see in the, in the first little bit here versus 17 through 20? Um, before we jump in, I will say on the general context, we have an episode, episode 29. Jude, which goes into <laughs> more detail in the context of this. So if you want to nice. go True. listen to that hour, hour long episode before this one, you can do that. If not, you will get plenty out of this episode as well. <laughs> or you listen to most of Hey Jude, and then you get to the part where like, you get up to 17, you pause it, <laughs> you come listen to this episode, and then you go back and finish it. That is definitely oh, and then you get It's a Beatles song. Yeah. <laughs> some of our episode titles are creative. <laughs> Only some of them. We try. It's a really good one. Yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> Takeaways from this thing. <laughs> the first thing I thought of here um, actually goes one verse earlier to verse 16 also. Uh, it starts with, these are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts, and they mouth Great swelling words, flattering people to gain advantage in 17. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles. Um, I thought of a general lesson from here and kind of the idea that you can tell a lot about someone by the words that they speak. Uh, And verses 17 bring that up for sure, at least for me reading it. Um, Just based on what Jude writes, like compare verse 16, uh, who... Jude says are not of the spirit in verse 19 compared to what we see in verse 17 of the words of the apostles. And I do have a Charles Spurgeon quote for us um, where he says, this is talking about verse 16. You know, the sort of people alluded to here, nothing ever satisfies them. They are discontented even with the gospel. The bread of heaven must be cut into three pieces and served on dainty napkins or else they cannot eat it. And very soon their soul hates even this light bread. There is no way by which a Christian man can serve God so as to please them. They will pick holes in every preacher's coat. And if the great high priest himself were here, they would find fault with the color of the stones on his breastplate. Um, 
so you can get a sense of what Charles Spurgeon thought of these people. Um, you know, heavy critics, grumblers, complainers, uh, false teachers who just find holes in the gospel and can contort things to their own um, goals, their own personal human goals. Yeah, I like the word uh, contorts there. Because um, <laughs> I think, you know, you look at this greater context of Jude and these people who are becoming Gnostics, uh, as you mentioned, Thomas. And I think it's um, in part because they're discontent with the gospel. And they're sort of creating this somewhat, uh, somewhat quasi-theology that sort of fits their own aims. And these are the people who are grumbling, complaining, and walking to their own lust. And the whole previous 15 verses of Jude sort of goes into uh, examples in the Bible where um, there were evildoers and people even inside the church who were causing division and um, I guess who were rebelling against God's order um, and sort of pursuing their own their own selfish goals and not putting God first. And then that brings us here to where there is this um, dire, these dire straits in the church that we have to... Um, persevere ourselves against these types of people who are um, sort of causing division within the church and probably threatening to, to take some people away from the church and bring some people out of the faith, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree with what you guys said. Good word. Steve, do you have anything to add? Uh, sure. Just a, I think the, the part about the opening that you mentioned with the context um, I think that from a Gnostic perspective, this sort of rejection of the material, and I don't know, if, if I haven't listened, I'm going to go back and listen to Hey Jude, so I apologize mm -hmm. if I just repeat anything that's already been said. But sort of this rejection of the material, and that was a problem that Gnostics would have had or had with Jesus, was um, the fact that, you know, God is going to be this physical being, you know, and so, and, and that's pretty central to um to gnosticism and so i think even the call when i think about persevering um we think of it in a physical way too like on our team on me and thomas's team um we just had uh, one of our team members ran a marathon and uh you know 26.2 miles and we saw all the training for months that he had to put in um and so uh and we see those different oaths whether from peter or paul like to persevere to like think of this like a race you know um, and to push through. So it, it has this physical aspect to it. Um, the language does kind of. And so I feel like even whether that was Jude's intention or not, um, it ha that has that imagery that is somewhat physical is also kind of pushing up against this, the material doesn't matter. Um, and we as Christians, like that's, that's huge for us is to actually believe that there's this eternal that we are striving for, that we can't wait to get to that we would like, or Paul would say that we would prefer to be at, you know, in, in St. Corinthians, but like, nevertheless, right now, God has a purpose too. There's, there are things that we're doing now in the temporal as well. So just the belief that that matters um, is I think really powerful, especially when you think about like what it means to, man, I, I'm really tired. I'm out of breath. I'm building up stamina. I'm trying to persevere through these physical challenges. It's very similar for Christians trying to do that from a, um, from a spiritual practices standpoint. And so some of the things that he wants, Jude wants us to do in these verses, like 17 through 23, to be merciful to those who doubt, um, save others by snatching them from the fire, um, show um, those kinds of things. Keep yourself in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Uh, it has these like markers now, you know, while, while we are yet in this, in this physical. So, I, I just like that. I like that imagery a lot. And I like the way that that sort of explicitly, but also implicitly um, speaks out against these false teachers that were in the first, that were more the target in the first half um, of the letter. Um, so I, I, I just appreciate that a lot. And it does kind of pull me back to, to first Peter, you guys were talking about our Thomas, you were talking about sojourners um, and what it meant to be like Christians in a strange land and has a unifying factor to it and it has so many challenges even physically for early christians you know what it meant to be scattered abroad in the diaspora um, so i think that's just pretty powerful and 
and I love the language that it uses. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I really like that imagery. I wanted to, I was just thinking of a, a, a verse popped in my head when you were talking about like the physical endurance and that's uh, Hebrews 12.1 I wanted to share real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, one and two, it's therefore since we have, since therefore we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, and I really like those verses, and I think it ties greatly into what you were saying, Stephen. Um, yeah, that was just something unique that I think, yeah, popped in my head wanted to share. Yeah, for sure. That definitely, would, that, as I'm talking, I'm like, that. that's popping up for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, well, that's good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Kind of what I'm, what I'm seeing here in 17 through 20 is like in in my in my bible it's a it's a heading a call to persevere um which which i i really like um and peter you kind of just said that in hebrews like christ had to endure like so much for like throughout his life he had to he came into a world to save us and the people he came to save killed him like that's the example of persevering and enduring in a land that you're hated in. Um, I mean, this this passage here, yeah, and, and Christ just, okay, um, hang on a sec. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm with you, man. I'm with you. <laughs> um, yeah, Christ just had to, had to persevere throughout, throughout his life, throughout the, the passion of the Christ, the, the humbling of himself like on the cross, like all of that was just brutal and hard. And he was weeping the night before he had to do it because he knew how awful it was going to be. And yet he he did it anyway. And he stuck through it because he loves us. And here, like we see that, um, that is in 21, it says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Like that is one of the things that we're supposed to be doing here. Other things we're supposed to be doing is like in the last times there will be scoffers and we need to build ourselves up uh, in your most holy faith and pray to the Holy Spirit. Um, I, these are just like things that help us stay true to our faith as we go through sojourning in a foreign land that we just don't like. We're just not welcoming. Um, the the whole idea of the gospel is just completely countercultural. We're saved by grace through faith, you know, not because of anything we've done, but God God worked in us so that we can't boast. It's Ephesians two nine, very par- paraphrased. Um, it's it's not something that people understand. It's like how how can we be saved if we're the ones who are messing up, and how can we not save ourselves? Um, how can a man raise from the dead? It's, it's something that our achievement works and pleasure-based culture just doesn't really understand or gratify because we're not necessarily gratifying ourselves. It's all about the gratification of the others. It's all about building each other up and it's all about love. I think we have done a poor job of doing this in the past as we are we are all not perfect, but we're called to persevere through the crap <laughs> you throw at us in <laughs> 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 this life. <laughs> and, I mean, we live different lives. We chase different loves. But we, we stick to each other in the truth of Christ. Um, and we are a Christian in the midst of a world that hates the gospel. And we're, we're to show mercy to, to those who hate us and follow a faith. It may not make sense, but it is true. And a faith that loves and shows mercy to the very ones who do not understand and scoff at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think in many ways these verses and they kind of um, encapsulate everything that we've talked about the last like five weeks on this, <clears throat> and that started with the idea of being foreigners in a foreign land, and that opened up to the idea of persevering with the hope that we have which is you know everything that we've just discussed here 
And then that, you know, took, took a turn to look specifically at persevering through trials and even more specifically persevering through the ultimate end times that are coming our way sometime soon. Um, depending on how you define soon, who knows, but we won't get into that again. Um, but so I think these verses link a lot of those themes um, and they do it very well. And I think it also points out the difference between two kinds of people that we're going to see, you know, when it comes to the needing to persevere. And verse 18 actually more specifically gets into um, those and times maybe so verse 18 how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts and then you have those also who we've talked about in the past who will maintain the faith persevere through everything uh continue to fight their trial continue to stay true to to god to their to their faith and stay in the spirit um i have a verse from second two verses from second timothy verses three four or chapter four verses three through four which says very similar to what we see in verse 18 of Jude, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from truth and be turned aside to fables. Um, hmm. And those are the people who leading up to this point in, in the book of Jude, Jude is warning about um, people who will kind of have this impatience and not be able to persevere to the end but will instead find ways for themselves to bring in false teachers to kind of teach what they want to hear. And that's what we're trying to avoid, you know? Um, so the, the concept of perseverance has been a huge takeaway of the last several episodes we've done. And again, this is kind of culminating in what we see in Jude. So I'm glad that came up. <laughs> yeah. Um, anybody have any last thoughts on Verses 17 through 20. Um, I have a thought. Wait, actually, I would wait till 21. Okay. <laughs> wait till 21. <laughs> I think I will do that as well. <laughs> well, let's move on to verses 21 through 23. Steve, your thought? <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> I guess I could say something. <laughs> um, so the language... I'm looking at the language here, and I think there's something that you mentioned, Thomas, that kind of made me think this, this the, the connection again with the context. But 20, verse 21, and I'm reading from the NIV, is, uh, reads, uh, keep yourselves in God's love as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. And of course, verse 20 tells us how you do that by building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. And I just think that, um, you know, there can be, depending on what segment of Christianity uh, you come from, um, particularly in the West, there can be this like fear of works-based salvation or that you're going to do it yourself. And so um, this like, keep yourselves in God's love. Like, how does one do that? And does that mean I can kind of generate that myself? Obviously it doesn't. And I think the context of the rest of the passage makes that clear. I love kind of, um, whether this, again, whether this is intentional or not, I'm not sure, but I love the idea of the keep being used in verse 21 and then if you look back in verse one, when Jude is uh, introducing the letter, he says, to those who have been called, who are loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, mercy, peace, and love be yours in abundance. Mm -hmm. um, I love that that's used again because it kind of suggests to me that as believers, because you are kept, you can keep. Um, so it makes it pretty impossible for you to, to think that I, I'm doing this on my own, you know, or I was able to figure this out on my own. It also, I think, prevents you or it should prevent us as believers from getting easily distracted and buying into lies that are like, that become sort of sewed into the truth. Um, so the thing that you mentioned, Thomas, was like, you said, like, Jesus came to save us and the people that he, he came to save killed him. And Throughout history, that's been used in a, a myriad of ways. Um, a pretty primary one is uh, in an anti-Semitic lens, where you know we're, the Jews are the ones who killed them, and so they're seen in this in this way of what they did. And but like as believers, like showing showing hate towards one group in the full breadth of the gospel, we will realize how we all were had such a death sentence, how we all deserved death, how we all were um, saved in this way. 
And so having the whole con context of like how God saved us, how God has kept us should not only, again, help us keep our eyes on, on the eternal goal, um, but should also like teach us how to live and remind us how to live right now, you know, um, and not just for us, obviously, but also uh, by be being merciful again, um, that's coming up and stuff in verse 22. So I just think that's really, really interesting. The idea about like, you don't have to worry about what it means to like keep yourself. You can't do it by yourself. It's because of what's happened. Um, it's because of how you've been kept that you kind of, you kind of get to keep yourself in God's love. Yeah, yeah I, I like think that. keeping Jesus, I mean, obviously keeping Jesus at the center of this all is the, is, is how we persevere and build ourselves up and keep ourselves. Um, yeah, I love that connection between being kept, we are kept, and then because we are kept, we can keep ourselves in the love of God. Um, you look at the next half of that verse, uh, we're waiting for the mercy, the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And then in the next verse, and then we can have mercy on those who mm -hmm. doubt. So it's definitely looking at Jesus, his example, because he was the ultimate example of endurance and perseverance, but also of, of love and all these fruits of the spirit and mercy and perseverance and it's important that that's the center of it all and that's what can keep us um contending for the faith and building ourselves up in the faith yeah uh, I, I i had an analogy for verse 21 that i wanted to bring up about keeping yourself or keeping ourselves uh in the love of god and i thought of it like keeping yourself kind of in the light of what is good and you know, avoiding that darkness that surrounds and you do that by, I think, keeping Jesus at the center of me and doing what it says in verse, what Jude writes in verse 20. Um, the analogy I thought of, Peter and Thomas will enjoy this. Steve, I don't know if you'll be familiar with this, but we'll find out. Um, there's, there's a video game called Little Big Planet. Um, you lost me. There's, a, there's a, a level in Little Big Planet where everything around you is dark and you can't see anything other than the light of this dog, the giant dog that your little characters have to jump on top of, and then the dog can go forward. Um, and he has a little bulb of light, like, on his head, and that's the only area of the screen that you can see at the time. So you have to avoid all the traps and pitfalls because you're falling into those things. You're going to die. So the only way you can do that is by staying in the light of this dog, <laughs> <laughs> that is sitting there and you have to try to do that i mean if you fall off the dog then uh you know you pretty much you're going to be stuck behind and you're going to fall into a trap you're going to land mm -hmm. on some spikes and that's going to be it but as long as you stay on that light and work to do so um then then you're going to be okay in that level and you're going to make it to the end um but if if i remember correctly it is a kind of annoying level so it takes some level of perseverance <laughs> to stay on this slow moving dog as it goes along not get too ahead of yourselves um and not you know out of impatience or fear try to jump off the dog and take care of things yourself but you want to actually stay in the light because that light is the only thing that's going to keep you going and get you to the end of the level um <laughs> what a yeah. what a nostalgic reference <laughs> that is, i like that that's pretty spot on <laughs> i'm a fan <laughs> i also like that um you can kind of take that and like jesus god as and the holy spirit as the light um can be can be a thing like, like while you're in like the waiting and while you feel like you're in the darkness that the god is only going to light up your next step um so you have to be in him in in his light and then he will lead you to the end of the level to safety but it will take a while yeah yeah, um, but yeah i i really like kind of the transition here and from from um 21 to, to 23 and peter you, you said a little bit about it steve you talked a little bit about it um and it's like going going from like like the perseverance to more of like a call to action and in like loving because like waiting for the mercy of the lord jesus and then you know, we have mercy on those who doubt um save others by snatching them out of the fire to show mercy with fear hating even the garment stained by flesh this the 
I, I really like this because this is we're we're now we've gotten to there are there are bad there are bad and false teachers who are giving us a false gospel, um, and the way to do deal with that is to be kept um, by the Lord Jesus Christ in His love, to build each other up, to pray in the Holy Spirit, and then the the next point that kind of leads from that is to have mercy on those who doubt, who are who are like that, and that is that is building up the body, um, believers who are in doubt. Um, to save others by snatching them out of the fire. That's unbelievers. It's like showing love to them. It's showing them the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, like show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by flesh. This part is really interesting because um, I think you can, you can take it two ways. Um, I think both are good. Like one, fear of God um, and knowing that like sin is horrible and awful and broken and everywhere and fearing God and like approaching this world in such a way that also kind of fearing, like knowing that sin can come at you. And then another way is like fearing kind of being too close to the sinners um, and letting, letting them in by too much. Like they might've been doing, letting the false gospel being preached in their churches. Um, Obviously, like, they, they, that's a sin. They're preaching something other than the truth of the Lord. And people were probably listening. And that's one of the reasons why this letter was written. Um, and it's, it's knowing that sin can corrupt, and it can corrupt you at any point. Um, and you can, you can just fall right back into the, the old rut of sin. And it's like with fear, like you hate, you're hating the sin and like you're, but you're still going out and you're showing mercy. Um, and it's like knowing that you can be, it's not all you. It's like, oh yeah, I'm saved now. So I'm just going to head on out and I, I'm never going to sin again. You know, <laughs> I, I to this to marrying uh, someone who's not saved. Um where it's like, yes, like sometimes they they will be saved, like through that marriage, but most of the time, more commonly, you have a divorce or you have the Christian who went into that relationship walking away from the faith. Um, and so like you, a lot of the time they go into it like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna convert them, we're gonna get married first, it's gonna be fine, I'm just gonna see the way I live. And it's just the sin gets in there and it, it just divides and it's, and it can, it can corrupt. And so it's something to definitely approach with fear and respect for, especially when we aren't the ones who, who save and it, it's God and kind of, kind of taking that into your own hands is kind of sticking it to God. Um, but yeah, just like knowing and like maybe in, Fear is too much of a word, but like with caution, um, knowing what sin can do is important here. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, yeah. Anybody have any last closing thoughts for, for Jude before we hop on Jeremiah? Um, <clears throat> that is an interesting part. Mixed, are you doing the NIV too? Uh, I have ESV. Okay, yours says mixed with fear? Uh, yeah. It says with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Yeah, it, it is interesting when we think about it. I think it has a more Old Testamental feeling to it, you know, which is interesting because Jude pulls on the Pentateuch. He pulls on, um, you know, Enoch and other, like, other passages that I guess Christians might know <clears throat> at this point. But, like, yeah, so I, I, I'm glad you like spoke to that because I was kind of that stuck out to me as as I was looking at it this morning. I'm like, others to, to, show, to others show mercy mixed with fear. Like, what what exactly are we getting at there? Um, I like the way you tackle that. Um, the last part of 23, hating even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. I think Peter's been on my mind a lot recently. Um, oh, it kind of makes me think of like. <laughs> 
like the apostle. <laughs> I'm not I figured that was hopeful though. Um, but I think uh, hating even the clothing stained by Crooked Flesh makes me kind of think of like when Peter is making it known um, that the people that he's writing to in First Peter are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, you know, a people chosen by God um, that should that will end up bringing praise to him. And thinking of like what it means to be set apart, what it means to be different um, in a world. And that alone is, has been taken in tons of negative directions too, whether it be sometimes cults or uh, extra, extra legalistic practices. But I think in its places, this sort of um, dissatisfaction with sin, this um, discomfort with sin um, that just by proximity even the clothing stained by corrupted flesh. So not even the corrupted flesh itself, but um, trying to be a part of something different um, as believers, as, as people who believe in the gospel, I think is, uh, is, is pretty powerful. And then I guess overall, just in that call to persevere, there is this like, um, we're being asked to do some things that Christians probably already should know, right? We're asking them to show mercy, to like, remember the Lord and, uh, you know, praying in the Holy Spirit these aren't like the most um, like incredible like things that we're hearing. They're not like, oh man, I've never heard this before. Um, so I think there is that that idea of just being reminded of things you already know. Peter talks about that in, in Second Peter chapter one, where he's like, I remind you of these things you know, or even though you already know them, um, so that you'll be established in them. Um, I think it like appropriate that I will as long as I'm in this body, as long as I'm in this tabernacle to put you in remembrance of these things, whether it be the gospel, the things that the gospel propels you to do. And you got to do that as anybody who's persevering, right? Before you can persevere, run a marathon, lift weights, do whatever you want to do that's going to require perseverance. You have to actually know what you're doing. And sometimes to know what you're doing means you have to be reminded like, oh, your form looks bad. When you run, make sure you do this or do that. You can't just, I'm going to build up stamina. I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, you kind of have to build that up over time. And, and be reminded and that's what jude is doing for us is reminding us here so i think that's i just think those are i think those are my final thoughts but those are pretty dope in my opinion yeah i would agree very dope indeed yeah definitely yeah well, all right um we're gonna kind of hop on over to jeremiah for a quick bin, minute i didn't know we were going here interesting um they're all in the they're all in the the document, I think. Yeah. Um, so I opened it like <laughs> I got access to it like a half hour. I before. know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Late night for me trying to have the outline for this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're all, all three in there. So Justin, Steve, and I can each take one. Um, Justin, you want to go first? Steve, second, and then I'll do the last one. Okay. Jeremiah 1 verse 19. They will fight against you, but they shall not. For I am with you, declares the Lord, to deliver you. Jeremiah 20 verses 1 through 2. Now, Kashir, the priest, the son of Emer, who was chief officer in the house of the Lord, heard Jeremiah prophesying these things. Then Kashir beat Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the upper Benjamin gate of the house of the Lord. Jeremiah 26, 8. And when Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, then the priests and the prophets and all the people laid hold of him, saying, You shall die. Um, and yeah. And so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you shall die. Yeah. <laughs> he deserves it. Um, I chose these three. Um, of the entire huge book of Jeremiah uh, for, for a little bit of a reason here. Um, that being, like, Jeremiah is an excellent example of a Christian who had to persevere and keep to God throughout his whole life. Um, like, and at the beginning of Jeremiah, God was like, hey, they're going to hate what I'm going to tell you to say, but you got to say it. <laughs> and he's like okay i'll say it and then 19 chapters later like 
he he was beaten for it, you know, and that's not the only time. Uh, but like he, he was preaching about like Babylon, like coming and taking Israel, and people were like, "Oh, hey, we don't want to hear that. That's not the truth we want to hear. It's not my truth." And and then later, like Jeremiah, Jeremiah was sentenced to death by the people he was trying to like help by the people he was preaching to because of what the Lord had commanded him to speak. Um, he was, he was sticking to God, keeping to the truth of God, keeping to the love of God. And, and yet the world was scoffing at him. The world was hating him. The world wanted to get rid of him. Um, he, he, he underwent physical punishment, social isolation, and threat of death. Yet he stayed true, persevering, staying in the word, and seeking the best for Israel through God's will. Um, and you know what? Like, Israel probably didn't think it was the best for Israel, but it was. So what do you guys, you guys have anything else to add about Jeremiah the prophet? Um, if I have anything specifically to add there, and it's partially because I don't know a ton about Jeremiah, um, but I think those kind of things you talked about, you can see similarities to, I mean, stories of other people who are called to do things that maybe they don't necessarily want to do, but, um, staying true to God's will, God does great things through them, um, so, you know, persevering through things, even that you're called to do that are going to bring difficulty. Uh, that's, that's kind of a tough thing to do when you know, when you know a certain action is going to result in your own uh, affliction, physical, to whatever it may be. Um, it's hard to do that thing <laughs> through, you know, perseverance and building up strength in God. We're able to do that that despite whatever punishment we may receive from the world, the gifts and ultimate inheritance we receive from God is uh, incalculable to how many times it is. Mm. Yeah, I don't know a ton about Jeremiah either, um, but it's, it sort of reminds me of, of Moses, who we just recently talked about, um, you know, God calls Jeremiah, like you said, Thomas, to say these things to these people that he doesn't really want to talk about, but he does. And Moses himself was called to do something that at first he wasn't comfortable with, but um, just the, you know, knowing that God is with you and will uphold you during during whatever trials you go through. And having that end goal, you know, that inheritance is that value. The value of that is so incalculable. And serving God through that um, and knowing that, you know, his presence is a shield and it can protect you. And that's enough. Um, is such a, a great way to go about persevering in the faith and such a great example to look at as we, as we do that. Hmm. Yeah. I, I like this. I do like this example a lot for perseverance for, I guess, I guess a lot of reasons. I mean, for one, like, we can't even call like Jeremiah a Christian yet, I guess. Like, <laughs> you know, he's, uh, he's kind of like grandfathered in and, uh, you know, he would definitely fit the bill of being, being, um, being a part of the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. But like this, you know, like Hebrews 11 talks about, they were, they were stoned, they were so they were sawed in half, you know, all these different things that the people of God went through. Um, and yet they persevered because they had, a, a better country in mind so they were rejected they were sojourners they they wondered about in sheepskins and goatskins they were destitute afflicted tormented and the world was not worthy of them um hebrews 11 talks about and just like the power of that imagery and everything's not all good when you're persevering you know jeremiah's uh doesn't he have like the 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 weeping prophet moniker you know he's kind of as the weeping prophet and you're like he wasn't just like you know what i'm gonna go through this and it's gonna be all good for Christ in his kingdom, you know, <laughs> he is like, he's, he's feeling, he's feeling the weight often. Um, 
probably, you know, not only from the disobedience that uh, of the people that he witnesses and how they won't listen to God that is using Jeremiah as a mouthpiece, who is using Jeremiah as a mouthpiece, but also like, cause he's in peril. He's, <laughs> he's having to run. He's being threatened. He's going through these things. There's a lot to lament. And I think for, for, for Christians today, like we would be, it'd be really good for us to, to become, I think, more comfortable with that to like, you know, we know that Christ is moved by what his people go through. We know that he is familiar, um, intimately familiar with, with what it means to be human, what it means to, to, to need to persevere on so many levels. And so when we have the opportunity to lament either individual pains that we go through, whether it be loss or injustice, or we have on a bigger level chances to, um, uh, opportunities to worship God and lament like the reality of a broken world, um, we ought to join in on that. And it's not a comfortable place to be. You know, when I think about somebody like Jeremiah, I'm like, man, like God is speaking directly to you and using you. Like, I feel like, what are you crying for? Just like, <laughs> just go for it. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be fine. But, um, but that's, it's, it's pretty powerful, pretty powerful language to think about just like the need that these Old Testament prophets, major and minor, both have to, to persevere when you think about all that they were going through. Not just like people, a bunch of heathens, um, and pagans, uh, but like people who claim to know the living God or people who have been a part of a group that like was saved and delivered time and time again by, by God. So man, it's, it's heavy. Cause you think about if they're doing those kinds of things, what are we doing? You know, that, that gets the mark as well, but mm. it's a great yeah. example. For sure. Yeah. Good word. Um, yeah, um, and kind of have, have a little question here at the end. Um, that being like, in what areas do you do you see perseverance in like the general Christian walk um, in today's day and age? Uh, and I'll go first a little bit here. I think one, it's it's just the the general idea of being a sojourner um being just different from everyone else or the, the majority of the world not seeking the same things it's having your your priorities and your aspirations and your goals kind of in a different place than a lot of other people in the world and i know when i like leave wheaton and and which is a christian campus and like i go out into the world it, it definitely feels like I'm, I'm a sojourner. Like, I'm, and then when I come back to weed, it's like, oh yeah, or church. It's like, I'm with my people. Like, I'm, I'm with the body. Um, and it's, it's good to be out, and it's good to be in in the world where you're different, and it's good to be different in that world. But it's also good to be with the body. Um, uh, and yeah, I think perseverance uh, for me would probably be most in waiting, listening to God, and then most in just feeling different from the world and like what that means as someone who needs to be, or someone as someone who is a Christian, um, how am I showing Jesus to those who don't know him? Um, so yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, I have, think uh, I have, oh, go, go ahead, ahead Peter. Yeah, you go, you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, if you insist. Um, I have two quick things here. Um, sort of the tail end, what you mentioned, Thomas, is one of the things I want to talk about, and that's just continuing to seek God, pursue him, grow closer to him, and get to know his fullness, of the fullness of his glory more and more. And yeah, I think that it involves, like as verse 20 and 21 mentioned, building yourselves up in the faith, the foundation of the faith. Um, so that's being in the Bible. And also you pray. You keep yourself in the love of God. You keep yourself surrounded by other Christians who can hold you accountable and also hold you up. And um, and then second, um, I think you look at um, what 
a Christian on the, on, the, on the other side of suffering and being able to persevere because you have access to Jesus and God um, and the, the eternal eternal salvation that you have secured, but also the, the hope and just the presence of God that is protecting you and, and with you at all times. That makes you stand out when you can endure any type of suffering in this world. Um, and I think that's a great uh, a, a great opportunity to um, to show others Christ. Um, I wanted to bring in this verse from Romans 5, uh, Romans 5, 3 through 5. It's not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Um, so when, it, when a Christian goes through suffering and perseveres, and they come out on the other side and they have this character and hope, um, I think that's so countercultural. I think that's a great example of saying, oh, someone, someone who's a non-believer could see that and say, oh, you went through this terrible thing and you're suffering, but you have so much hope and character. And how can you do that? And it's because you have the love of Christ in you. And that is a great, great opportunity to, yeah, to share Christ with others. And I think that's a way that you can see perseverance play out in, in the Christian walk. Yeah, I was going to loop that in, too, with the suffering and trial. That, to me, was the most glaring answer to this question. And then I wanted to look at maybe another angle of that, which is, we, we discussed it earlier in, in Jude, but where that perseverance comes from. Um, and, again, I, I've mentioned him on a lot of podcasts. My you know favorite example of a lot of things in the Bible is David, um, because we get his story, which is incredible and dramatic and um, something that we can look to and draw hope from. And we get that in the Old Testament, but we also get in Psalms him actually pouring out his heart while he's going through all this. So we see more clearly what he is thinking, what he is feeling. Um, and he goes through a lot of trials, some brought on by his own doing, thrown upon him in what seems like an unplay. Um, but Psalm 23 I'll just pick out one verse, uh, verse that I'm sure we all know. So, psalm 23, verse 4, um, it is a psalm of David, and David writes, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, um, writing you being God. Um, you know, the source of that perseverance, the source of that hope and is our trust in God. And that's something that David so clearly has and something that we can look to, you know, as we persevere through anything, um, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's a, it's a pretty tough place to be, but hmm. <laughs> thinking what God has for us is our source of perseverance and hope. Yeah. So your question was, Janet, what areas do you see perseverance in the Christian walk, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. You mentioned, yeah, you just mentioned the, uh, the valley of the shadow of death. I think I have seen that a lot in, in that area, like being able to sometimes from from family, um, sick family and friends. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, you know, some of those have gone on to be with the Lord and or just in ministry and meeting people at scary times. Like you see. Um, like it's a gift from the holy spirit being able to help comfort when this temporal life is in danger or when this temporal life is at its end you know um so like not to become too like morbid or anything but i think i i felt that really palpably to be like wow you sense the perseverance when the race is almost over you know um sometimes or when the race is like being threatened it's like wow like i think you're, you're about at the finish line now. What does what does that mean? So to believe that there's more than just this. So, you know, like earlier I was saying, like, it's not just the eternal that we look ahead to. Like God has something for us in the temporal too. And that's so true. But then realizing that it's just that it's it's temporary. Um, and so not putting all of our hope in this now, but that the gift of salvation means that we can have this hope that seems so irrational um, that there's more, that there's more and so much that we haven't seen, so much that, we cannot comprehend um, so much the presence of God that we're, we're going to be able to experience. I think it's just, you can't have perseverance. It's such a good point that you guys make. Like you can't have the perseverance without the hope. So you can talk about, you need to talk about the suffering and the sojourning 
we have to, and that will help us understand so many different things in this life. But without the, it's also got to be hope is a is a is a primary ingredient that you're going to need in order for perseverance to to really to really help you make it through. So I just love that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> well, if anybody has his has any closing thoughts. Now is your chance to say that. All right. I, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I just want to say, I just want to say thank you guys for having me on. I think it was over, it was over a year ago that um, Thomas first mentioned uh, you guys to me, eventually your podcast too, but like the, uh, the cousin friend. And I love that dynamic just because um, uh, I, I've had that too. I grew up with four cousins down the street from me. They're all siblings and like, um, three guys and one sister and um, they were they were our first friends they were my family's first friends and um, super close with them um, uh, to this day and just yeah just love that so I love that you guys are together and um, and doing this together I think that that's that's uh just really dope so um, appreciate the the opportunity to come on and, and chat with y'all and uh, and I pray that you guys will um, like continue to foster that relationship as you go through life together I think it's really cool yeah, it's, it's awesome it's a pleasure to have you. Yeah. yeah, great having you. Well, um, Steve, you have your own podcast. Um, I do. What What is it? How can I How can I listen to it? Oh, I can plug it. Right. Yeah. Yes. We can give you a shout um, out too on our pages. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the podcast is called Tesserai, um, and basically, Tessera Tesseras are the individual. Um, like pieces that make up a mosaic. Um, so you have like a bunch of stones or if it's a painting, a bunch of different pieces that make up a whole mosaic and those individual panels are called tessera. So the idea for tesserae is that um, throughout, as we go through Christian walk, there's tons of things that intersect. There's tons of parts to the Christian life and sometimes really harsh and hard ones that we have to grapple with, you know, the ways that the church has failed, uh, always ways that the Lord has been faithful, but how like how you think about um, one panel is going to affect the entire picture. You know, it's going to f- affect your witness. And so just wanting to talk through that heal. Sometimes we talk through lament, we talk through race, we talk through sexuality, talk through different things. Um, and we talk through the word. And so uh, my co-host and I, um, that's our goal is just to like help the, help the, help the church live a more integrated Christian life um, without so many inconsistencies and such. So you can listen to Tesserai on Apple Podcast or um, on uh, Spotify. And uh, it's spelled T-E-S-S-E-R-A-E. Mm-hmm. So I had that come up a couple of times as questions, but it's a good time. We, we enjoy it. Yeah. Sounds awesome. like a very yeah, awesome. um, useful topic for today's day and age, I think. So. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, that. I love that name and the context behind it. Yeah, I to it, listeners. If you made it this far, you're lucky because now you have another podcast to listen to. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Um, Peter, how how can how can people reach us? You can reach us through <laughs> Instagram <laughs> at in the fire podcast. That is our just. Yeah, in the fire podcast uh, on Instagram. DM us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. We post weekly whenever an episode gets posted. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll know when that episode gets posted. <laughs> we will post about it. <laughs> and then if you want to email us too, um, which I highly recommend, you can reach us at three, the number three in the fire at gmail.com. Amazing. Um... Justin, is there anything else to add? I don't think so. Just uh, just remember, you follow us on Instagram, you will have exclusive access to VIP access to knowing when these episodes are posted. Exclusive. Advantage. <laughs> You'll never miss an episode again. <laughs> All right. Um, I'd like to pray this out real quick. Um, dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for Justin, for Peter, and for Steve that we can all come here together and, and talk about persevering in this world that is that is broken and sinful, Lord. And we persevere for you and for your kingdom. 
because it is great. Uh, thank you for our listeners, all two and a half of them. Um, <laughs> um, we, well, there's probably more. Maybe there's less. Who knows? But we just thank you so much for them. Thank you that they're, they're here on this journey with us um, as we just right, kind of get to know and seek the face of the Lord. Um, and then just as we, as we go out, Lord, uh, allow us to, to be kept to you and to stay in your love and in your word. And Jesus name we pray, amen. 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 All right. That's the fire. Signing off.